Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan bringing us in, and we have three amazing friends, or is it five, to join <laughs> us on this most amazing episode of Movie and a Beer to discuss a film that has issues with counting, as well as a holy hand grenade. Well, we should hold the, the, the let's hold the, them in suspense. Hold on, hold oh, on. All right, who are who are my friends and guests? Well, co-hosts? at this round table, I'm Aaron. I'm your Sir Thomas Mallory expert. I'm Blake. I'm your British police officer ex- expert. And I'm Brian, your Vorpal Bunny expert. Vorpal Bunny. We we watched decided, a very classic, like well known, well loved. Wow, oh my god! Off the Holy Grail, Monty Python. I think there's a few people here that really, really, really are huge fans of Monty Python, and a few that are. And not. they're currently speaking, and that's okay because there's room in the pool for everybody. Me, me, me. So we're going to try to get through this episode without making ourselves laugh and stuff because we we sort of pulled one of those. We're going to start yelling the lines at the screen as because why wouldn't you? It's been it's been it's been quoted since what 1975. Did it take off as soon as it aired, or did it happen a little bit later? I haven't a clue. I I haven't a clue. It it was a very interesting film. I saw it on TV. I think it was MTV. Or something. Somebody had it Interesting. on. It was just some random, and and it was cut. So there's no nudity. There's no Correct. real violence. I mean, other than the Black Knight getting his arms and legs cut off, and Lancelot murdering but all it, those and wedding the guests rabbit, <laughs> and, the, and the murdering guests, and then the rabbit. It's so comedic. It's it's not yeah. really violent. Cartoon it's violence. It's not it's John Wick's violent. It's yeah. Bugs Bunny violent. And Although I want to ask. So do you remember what year you saw it, Dan? Because I'm it trying had to remember been what... in the late eighties. Late eighties. Yeah. I think ninety three or ninety four I saw it. No, I was in high school. Either ninety nine or early two thousands was the first time I ever saw this movie. So there's and I, I'm the old timer, so I saw it mid eighties in high school. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I, I saw this in the nineties and thereafter. And then I've I've probably heard the the entire collection <laughs> over many years of playing D D because Somehow, this has firmly established itself in that that nerd subculture. Have you not seen the meme? This is how every D and D party winds up. It's all about the shrubbery. Shrubbery. There, there, dear listener, if you have by some chance of the universe not seen this movie, there is a quest, and amongst the many side quests, one is to obtain a shrubbery. Side quest. Side quest. It is a it is that's the it, definition of a side quest. Yeah, it is. In order to achieve your final goal, you must do this side, side quest. quest. Right. So side quest. so we've got Arthur, who uh, king of the Britons. King of the Britons. Of the Britons. I didn't vote for him, and but. it's immediately established that uh, yeah, there is. There's a, a very well educated peasant who is talking about political structure. Our advanced and, advanced placement government teacher yes. showed us that scene. Right, just and then it was towards the end of the year. He's like, "Oh no, I guess I'll just let it keep playing. Whatever." Uh Yeah, 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 and it makes sense. It totally is. All right, so before we get much farther into the depths of this movie and the comedic loveliness that it is, we selected a bunch of different beers because I was like, "What are we going to drink with this?" And I was like, "All right," so I found a couple of cans that had can artwork that was sort of appropriate and kind of reminded me of the movie. And then I had this idea, hey, they faced the French a few times. Let's get a French beer. Well, we? good, good luck finding a French <laughs> beer. I found a, a French beer that's not just beer, but... but 1776, Cronenberg's... Yeah, I was about to say, Stella Artois is French, isn't it? Cronenberg's uh, no, a great Stella beer. Stella Artois is not French. What is, where is it's that from? It's an international conglomerate. 
It's Belgium. Smash the state. <laughs> Smash the state. It is. Brian's Bri- with the peasants the, for seizing the. What are the you, an educated peasant? <laughs> and, and the beer that we drink is a subsidiary of Heineken Europe. So I feel kind of bad that we're drinking big corporate <laughs> beer, but it was decent. So okay. That actually was really good. We, the one we that will, we're referencing. Yeah. Was really we good. will talk about what we enjoyed. Before, and the political systems and, and, and involved. All of the stuff. Later Monty on. Python is chaotic. So are we. Yes, we are. Gosh, we really are so far tonight. Gosh. Okay. It's been a great episode and a great set of beers. I think they went really well. But again, we'll talk about those in a little bit. All right. So I know that all of us here have seen at least this movie and maybe some other Monty Python vehicles, be it either the TV show or another movie like Life Dan, of Brian. Dan, this parrot is no more. Life of Brian. It is no Meaning more. Meaning of life. Yeah, meaning of oh, life. The show. Just one more mint. <laughs> yeah. That's like the memorable scene from that one. It's like, yeah, let me blow so, up. Listen, if you're not familiar, and I, I imagine there might be younger listeners who, who are not familiar, um, it's a very um it well, it's it's it's, tr- it's comedy troupe it's a comedy troupe the film is very episodic there is a number of skits that are all kind of tied together around an overall narrative but it is kind of slice of life one skit to the next yeah. real funny it, it's uh, a farce yeah it's a it's a lampoon of the classic arthurian tale R- right yes. yeah you, you and you know you get all this mythic background the once in future king the lady of the lake arthur and his knights with the the transformation of britain from from pagan times and you know 600 or earlier and then you know becoming christian and here's king arthur and his knights they're going to find the it's holy grail it's a flesh wound Get back here. Uh, so you got uh, Tintagel, you what got you Arthur, you got this kind of semi-historic figure with these other semi-historic figures, you know, Sir Ector, Sir Mordred, Lancelot, Lancelot Galahad, Galahad, Belvedere, all of the, like, there's there's many, many that are that are present here, except for Mordred. He was Arthur's enemy, so he wasn't here. So, so and there is <laughs> there is a ton of trivia about this film and a, and a whole bunch of other things that we'll touch on as we go along. I would say that, so as this is broken into smaller chunks, I mean, there, uh, it's, it's basically, it's basically sketches. Sketch. It's, any, Small sketches. Any sketch group that makes a movie and breaks into sketches, I have a lot more respect for. Although, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy is phenomenal. Yes. But a lot of sketch groups just don't understand the big narrative broken lizard usually nails it but it's a different art form it's, yeah. it's you yeah. have to it's a take Absolutely. it has different requirements you need to write it differently i think mm-hmm. you so, really do so brian all yes. natural lighting i don't think they used any artificial lighting other than on the inside of the castle well, and, and even then it was just really sharp tim the enchanter yeah tim the enchanter used some <laughs> special effects but i was like this is all just outside like most yeah, of the well, film was outside part of this is due to the fact that they had a very low budget this, mm-hmm. this was very early in the monty python world I mean, they, they had had their BBC string budget show for maybe six years at this point. Yep. This was their first major feature film, and they Holy had a cow. low budget, and they they had such a low budget, they couldn't afford horses. Or stunt doubles. <laughs> or stunt doubles. <laughs> they did all their own stunts, most of them. And that's why they came up with the, the, the all the gags with the coconut shells to make the the clopping of the horse. There, there is one scene that has That's a horse, awesome. and he does something really weird, and like it sets kills. up the end of the movie. It sets up the end, yeah. So, so again, this is in parts and little clumps, and it does tell a story. And there's parts of each of those little clumps that does play into later scenes. It, it, you, so you have to watch it beginning to end. You can't skip a part. Please pause it if you have to go. Take a break. Uh, between sketches, there's yes. there's many chances you'll have. Oh, there's yeah, There's intermissions yeah, yeah. throughout. Yeah, there's one, <laughs> there's one intermission. 
intermission. There's an intermission that's, as they're crossing the bridge of that's death. That's literally like eight seconds long to play a joke. When this was released in theaters, people in the theater would stand up being like, oh, I'm going to go to the concession stand and get some popcorn. And then like eight seconds later, the intermission's over. <laughs> well, it's like, a very good it com- bit. Completely, yeah, a practical joke on the audience. It's, a, it's such a good bit. Yes. So, so what about those intro credits? And the so. subtitles and the intro. <laughs> I, had com- I had completely forgotten about that joke altogether. Same, same. I had, uh, it's, it's like... Yeah. It's it's almost at least three to four minutes long, if not five minutes long, of credit. Right. It's strange how I remember the the credit staff being sacked joke over the the run of right. moose gags yeah. and Swedes. Those responsible for sacking those have been responsible <laughs> yeah. for being sacked uh, yes. or sacked. It's a good bit. It's like, all right, well, we fired yes. them. We're not going to undo their work. We fired them. Now we're in charge. Well, right. we got to use it because it's already been filmed. You know? Exactly. It's already been there. <laughs> we, have so, we have no budget. And, you know, the moose, uh, <laughs> it's like the, the moose experts, the moose. The, the, uh, the moose, moose left nostril wiper. The moose uh, trainer. Yeah. Both value and intern. Well, and then, like, you know, a moose uh, costume. Uh, yeah. Aaron, like, you were reading those names pretty well, like, t- considering how fast. They were coming and how silly they were. Well, I, I mean, I, I I speak a bit of Norwegian, and that's what helped me out. Swedish mm-hmm. and Norwegian mm-hmm. are very similar. But, but right now we're talking about the first three minutes, three, three minutes of minutes. the film. Yeah, the, the head credits. The head credits have had a lot of jokes in them. We we, right. we we first were like, what what is this stuff at the bottom? Oh, it's not hard sub. No, this just made they're making fun of subbing and. Foreign films, foreign language films, yes. and well, making fun of the fact that you have no idea what it actually means. If you say it out loud, it makes sense, but if you read it, it doesn't. That's the fun part. <laughs> well, they're, you have they're to making speak it aloud. They're making fun of Swedes and moose and moose bites, and you know, going on about on a tangent about your sister who was bitten by a moose once this yeah, one time, yeah. and like, and how some stranger <laughs> might tell you this story that you're completely not interested in, like, yeah. Yeah. So, dear listener, if you haven't seen this film before, you should. <laughs> you make, should. Make yeah, all two. You, you should right? absolutely stop listening. And go watch it because the rest is not going to make any sense. Right. So, <laughs> you're going to find out that a lot of these things we're talking about, a lot of this film is part of culture. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's nerd seep, culture. Nerd it's seeped culture. into culture. A lot of, a lot of references. A lot of nerd. A lot of college culture too. I would say. Right. Right. Yeah. I would say it. A lot of these jokes will feel familiar once you watch the film. Right. Burn right. the witch. But I think right. it's it's a particular to, to people that play like tabletop role playing games or, or are part of like nerd subculture, which I, I will self identify. I, I am. Well, and, and, and I, but, it works, guys. Let's beat them up. But now. If, you're, if you're a surfer or like a snowboarder well, or something, you're not going like to get the theater same. kids y- yeah. would be into it. I guess it are into it. The, right. the goths in our school got me to watch this. The thing is, so this was primarily filmed in Scotland, where it's cold and wet, and it was cold and wet when they were doing it. Boy, howdy. It looks so, miserable. So but the yeah. cast doesn't have a lot of good, fun memories of this film. As as you read, if you do any Googling of any facts or trivia about this, there's a lot of information out there about this. The guys that created it and wrote it and directed it and acted in it, you know, they most of them did their own stunts because they didn't have the money. Most of them, they they did a lot of ad libbing on that's amazing on, to me as they were doing it because they're like, oh, let's change it to this, and they don't need to ask permission. They're the guys who wrote it, so they just yeah. did what they wanted to do. Right. And there's some really amazing and as noted scenes and phrases and actions that are just burrowed into nerddom. Do you guys point. have a favorite one? Because anytime. I think about this movie, my first thought is, what is your favorite color? 
Yes. Blue. No, uh, green. No, for me, it's uh, uh, some wet tot in a lake isn't the basis of a government system. Like, that's very good. There's so many jokes in here, and some of them, are, you know, are around uh, like a very politically educated peasants challenging, oh, yeah. like, who who can be king and why are they king and why not be an anarcho? Uh, what, what, what what I even forget what we said. It was like an anarcho uh, commune, uh, like. Uh, like, uh, yeah. British collective. Com- it was good a co- British comedy is really dry and really smart. Yeah. But before we get you, to, to you can far- tell he's the king. He's not covered in shit. Because yes. <laughs> because most of well most of those scenes in the very first part were like people rolling around in yeah, mud but- and. Garbage. Yeah, like it's we, like we, what? we all point out the person is just crawling into a basket. What's happening? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and even in the political uh, uh, sketch too, it's like they're piling up mud for no reason, like yeah, in a basket for something to do. Yeah. There's piling. Two peasants <laughs> are in the mud, piling up mud, talking to this king and questioning why is he king? I didn't what, vote what for him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's a side note. There is no European French dub of the film. It what? has never been created because, because they make fun of the French. Because they you... make fun of the French and they <laughs> I mean, want the French to just hear they the English. They do the phrase. Uh, what do you think I speak with this outrageous accent? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I'm like, I'm reading this going like, oh my God, that's hilarious. They they force what? the French to hit, to watch it in English. You can watch the subtitled, <laughs> but you have to listen to them make fun of the French accent, which is hilarious. <laughs> that's incredible. So rude and really, really funny. It is. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. That's Andy Kaufman level oh funny. So God. I guess well, I, mean, I guess he was inspired by them because they came first. So but yeah. This this takes place in 945 AD. The the historic Arthur would have been a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't blame Monty Python for, for being off a couple hundred years. But 1066, William the Conqueror from Normandy uh, sails across the, uh, the the strait. He invades Britain and and changes the course of history. The uh, the large part of the United Kingdom at that point was held by Frenchmen, Normans, mm-hmm. Norman keeps, and it was common for there to be at least one Frenchman in every city. And and maybe it was a very lonely life being the one token Frenchman to run this was little there, city. Was their job to taunt everybody and throw livestock at them? His, his job was to extract as much wealth as he could. They were it was not a pleasant regime oh, to that's live not under. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> and so it wasn't until much later when you know the the, the British got their mojo back. Uh, and and it's part of I think how is that Arthur, what Austin Powers is about? <laughs> well, it's part I think it's part of why the Arthur myth is so enduring because for a while England was the poorest country in Europe. For a while, it was occupied by these Norman conquerors. Hmm. It was a foreign invader who was running everything everywhere you looked. It wasn't a great existence. And and have this idea of the once and future king. Never mind, he borrowed it from the Welsh. It didn't matter. You, you could take it for your own. You could have this brighter future. You could have something to look forward to. And if you make fun of the French while you do it, and then don't dive into French later, well, yeah. that's that's all okay. So I'm curious, production value-wise, Brian, similar to TV, I mean, they t- they treated it almost like a TV sketch from a production value versus a film. A full, Obviously, it's broken into pieces, but... Like an hour and a half of TV yeah, sketches. It's it's just sketches. Right, yeah. Thoughts on that. Yeah, so so it's, it's not a lot different than the Monty Python show. The main differences that are out on location. Yeah. I mean, they, we already discussed how they had a very low budget, so they had no horses. They used natural light. The six or seven major Monty Python players 
played almost Most every role. And yeah. every, it's a lot of Eric Idle, yeah. Every, and get on with it. Every spoken role. <laughs> and there's yeah. not a lot of costume changes. They've got a couple costumes for each character, and that's about it. I wonder right. what how they filmed it. Like, in what order did they film these sketches? Because it, it would Ooh. make more sense to have I, filmed the parts where they're what, all in those same I, costumes. I, I, we, we saw scene 24. They, scene 24 they is used so the same <laughs> castle. The for same three, castle three location times. at least three times. <laughs> yeah. right. There was a second castle they used once toward the end of the film. Uh, Castle so, Urquhart, that was in Scotland. So yeah. so when in the film, trivia... I think. Oh, it's just a... He he literally says, one of the characters says to, to King Arthur, oh, it's just a model. That is actually them standing <laughs> in the, the horse, right? <laughs> to an actual castle. They're making fun of themselves saying, we can't even afford to build a freaking little model of a castle. It's a real castle That's over so there. good. Uh, on the, the, the shooting schedule thing, I saw... I can't find it now, but the first shot was... Uh, Lancelot crossing or, or King Arthur crossing the death bridge. The last shot was John Cleese's Lancelot running in that repeating five time <laughs> gag. Again, five. Everything's with the, the drums going, and he's just run, 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 run. They just go back to the guards. And it, so five times reminds me. So, Blake, I've seen this movie, I'm going to say at least five times, legitimately, maybe more. And I never really noticed the joke about how King Arthur keeps mixing up his numbers between three and five, specifically. Uh-huh. He'll say, oh, we lost Sir Ector, we lost Sir Belvedere, we lost Sir whoever. Oh, that's five men. And it's like, no, my lord, it's only three. Yeah, Gal Hatter, someone corrects yeah. And then he'll be like, these we're, questions five, yeah, no, three. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> he's going to ask us five questions. He's like, no, three questions, my lord. And he continually mix, mix, mixes up. He can't count. He, he can't, he well, can't. he's the king. He doesn't have to count. That's what he has people for him to he's a, count. He's elected to oh. lead, not to read. Right. To steal from the Simpsons. Four shalt thou not count, neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. But uh, I was going to ask Brian uh, about the location joke. I guess in the show, they only ever went to like in front of an old building to do some sketches kind of, but it was always on a stage. What I yeah. wasn't. I, Most of it was in stage. I, I'm sure it's a soundstage on regular yeah. BBC soundstage. And they did their different sketch. I mean, it's just like Saturday Night Live is all yeah. in the same place with different backdrops. They did the same thing, but 20 years earlier. So. All right. So from a and d perspective, the Black Knight, how many... So so how many death saves it's did he make? It's a flesh He wound. could have the variant of the 5e trolls where they have a loathsome limb feature where if you deal slashing damage... This is real. I'm not making they'll, this up. They'll lose you, a limb. They lose a limb and the limb acts on its own. On its own initiative. Yeah. It could be that, except they all just fell off. It could be the DM just being like, just... It fell off and was dead, though. Yeah. The the main body stayed alive. It could be to give the guy, like, enough hit points to... Oh, he'll stand up. They kill him. Well, okay, limb falls off. He hits him again. Okay, he can't hit him a third time. Hits him again. Okay, fine. He's just going to be there. I'm not killing this NPC. I worked too hard to build him. So so John Cleese and Terry Gilliam... (laughs) Performed all of their own stunts as the as Arthur and um, oh no this is the Black and Green Knight not Arthur yeah Gillian played Green and uh, Cleese was Lancelot yeah so they 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 actually Sorry. so the opening part of that sketch is them actually doing a lot of sword fighting and they just practiced it and had fun with it and. They're like, we don't need stunt people. We can just jump around and do this. You can kind of tell like, they didn't have a like a, a sword fighting choreographer. <laughs> no, but it I mean, was a it's bunch not. Of it was a little <laughs> clumsy, a little bit. I mean, it's not terrible, but you can tell they were doing this on their own. It, it added to the comedy. I thought. Yeah, they right. they practiced for an hour before they rolled uh, right, film. Right. Yeah. 
but I think I mean the the the, the point of this movie is not the action; it's the humor. No, it, it's it, it's a farce. It, it, it's, yeah, it's a send up of it, the it, French. And well, it is and <coughs> Arthurian legend, Arthurian yeah. legend, and British police force. And I'll say the jokes are so dense. I was going to say earlier, like that three five counting joke. Like I never noticed that yeah. in any of my prior viewings. Like there's jokes in here I'd completely forgotten I, about. I didn't catch the cat thing and, until today. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, and the cat, is or, or cat tying the coconut onto a swallow. <laughs> yes. That one I have caught before. It makes me laugh every time I see it. And, That's and, amazing. And the simple fact that towards the beginning of the film, where Arthur is deciding if he wants to visit Camelot or not. And they break into the song and dance routine, yeah, yeah. which is if you haven't ever seen Spam a lot, if you're a Monty Python fan and haven't seen it. it, you should go. You definitely got to go see it because it's actually a really good musical that just plays off of what is said. And they actually some of the lyrics are about, "Hey, we need to be, you know, we're pretending to do what we're doing." If you listen to the lyrics or actually read them, it's quite hilarious. They're it's making just, fun of themselves. The choreography making fun of themselves. is so good. <laughs> Just kicking fruit off tables and knocking people over and then tap dancing. Yeah. It, it is almost like a variety show, though, where there's there's mm-hmm. humor, mm-hmm. there's jokes, there's a story, and then there's songs and, and dance routines that go with those songs. It is a lot like a one-hour variety show the only way spun I, up into a movie. The only way I would have been happier is if they pulled a hee-haw where two people just pop out of the wall like, hey, Cletus, what's up, Beva? And then like back and forth <laughs> jokes like, oh, this, a her-her, and then cuts to the next thing. <laughs> I feel but, yeah, hee-haw, that's a very, like yeah, yeah. So how would you cut a tree down with a herring? It's impossible. You'd have to swing really hard. <laughs> really, really, really hard. <laughs> That's why they had to say it. Brian, the power, the power of words. Yes, the power of words. Uh, so it was Dan, a nice shrubbery, though. It was. Dan, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you. This is set in 945 AD. Mm-hmm. What was the beer world like in 945? You know, who was drinking what? So there's a variation that we sought out where we had beer. We had beer made with grapes, which is a French thing. They sort of invented that. Oh, well, they'll, they'll also, taunt you. They'll, they'll they will out. taunt you. Yeah. So this beer sort of taunted us, and then we had. So, I, do are we ready to move on? I mean, we're well, still let, let's move on. Let's move on. We did something different with the beer in this episode. Yes. So the intent was we knew what we were watching, and I wanted to find beers that would go with the film. And instead of just buying beers that I think would taste good, I was like, "Hey, I need to be inspired by." Scenes from the film on either can art or what the beer actually is. I I sought and sought and sought something with elderberry, but I could not find none. Cider, beer, anything, mean anything. Elderberry is not used. I mean, if if I might have gone to IKEA, maybe I could have found something. But at this point, it didn't matter. Does IKEA you know, sell wine? They no, but they sell uh, like elderberry syrup and sodas and stuff. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but it doesn't matter. And meatballs. And horse meatballs, yes. <laughs> oh, damn, beat me to it. <laughs> yes, lots of horse, which didn't exist in the film, except for the one scene where the horse dude rode by and chopped the historian. Yeah, some unrelated, uh, some unrelated knight killed a historian and framed and the cops friend. got involved. What and a great did. bit. Yeah. So we should have put these amazing beers. We did. Interesting beers. Cider, beer, and beers. And so I, I want to shout out to John's Marketplace in Southeast again for hooking me up. I went out and I was like, I'm going to scour the shelves. I'm going to find something that's inspirational. And so I came home with a bunch of different stuff. There's a 10 tower cider company, Gravitas, which looks like Lady of the Lake with Excalibur and a little tower and a lake and some mountains. You can have a whole political system based on this. You could have a whole (laughs) political system based on this. And this is an English style cider. Um, I, we started with this before the movie. Cause I was like, you know, I don't, we need something to lead up to it because there's not, I wanted to drink, the specific beers with those scenes. 
Right. And I was like, well, we need something to start with. So we started with, with something with, that was light. Dear, dear listener, that's that's different than what we normally do. Yes. Normally, we kind of start with the most subtle beers, and we get towards the most intense flavors towards the end. And, this one, and, and we pick beers we that we think bit. will go with the right. film. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The, the enjoyment of drinking the beer will follow our enjoyment of the film. Right. And and this pick was much more thematic. Yeah. Right. So so we hit, we have like a triple dry hopped Android Theory that we did. And there's a Killer Rabbit that's from Block 15 that we did. And then there's this Extravist by Gala Sauvages out of France. And it was it's a it's like a wine glass or a wine bottle. And it was amazing because I really had no intention of like I have never had any of these beers. And or which is kind of a feat because you're beer. a real connoisseur of trying new stuff. You, you, I am. You're a big fan I've, I've had it. beers by Android Theory and Block Fifteen many many times. It's just not these specific ones. Ah. And so as we started the film again with the English style cider, like an unbreakable blade forged in fire. This is our origin story: a perfect coalescence of cold pressed Pacific Northwest apples and an unyielding spirit. Years in the making. Some call it dignified. Others call it destiny. We call it gravitas. And it was really good and light. I'm glad we started it, with that. It was. I would say it was a little right. a little sour. It, it tastes a little like a, kind of a Granny Smith type mm-hmm. apple. I, I yeah. like Granny Smith. I like those tart, sour flavors. I like sour beer generally. This cider was really good. I, I, yeah. I think it was I right up agree. my alley. Yes, and so shout-outs to the company for providing us a good entry point. Ten Towers Cider Company. Yeah. Does it say on the bottle where they're from? Uh, they say they're from Ten Towers Cider Company. Yeah. <laughs> Bottled in Nailed it. Uh, No, I, I did not find an, uh, where they're from. Aaron's but, our narrator, not our uh, location researcher. Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Rickerall, Oregon. You was, I, I don't even know where Rickerall is. Oh, my God. Is it a Rickerall? It's a Rickerall. Oh, my God. Never going to let you down. Never going to let you down. I genuinely thought you were doing a joke. It is R-I-C-K-R-E-A-L-L. Like so that I guess that's a real place. So I've never heard of it, but so I was a, thinking never. It's an Oregon brewery down. cidery. Yes. All right. So thank you for providing us Gravitas, which has a great logo and interesting label. That's why I bought it. I was like, yeah, this it's, is it's like got a mid- medieval yeah. themed logo. Thematically. Was, and ciders. It was, it was a good place to start an, for this film. Ciders similar. are an old form of alcohol. They've, yes, people have been they making are. ciders yeah. quite a long time. Uh Certainly, uh, that was how Johnny Appleseed got his start, and I know he was not by any means the first. Correct. And this was a lighter one. I want to say this was only like... Yeah, so it's 6%. 6%. And dry ciders are also lower carb, which is one reason I drink them often. Yes. Nice. You do, and we know this because we we see you often enough to to Uh, know that. Brian, lower carb. We're friends outside of this. Relative to... (laughs) uh, like. To, to beer or also other ciders. A okay. sweet cider has more carbs. Huh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, so, of course, within the third act, third scene, third major, the where fir- he... First act, act first of act, the film? Third scene? I, so, they didn't Arthur really is, Arthur is early traveling. Early in the film. Early in the film. Early in the film, Arthur is gathering his knights. He's yeah, gathering his knights. Act the, one, gathering the knights. The, the end of the first act is when God sends him on his quest. Yes. Right. <laughs> I that, forgot that, about the God scene. It's so that, good. That is the action that, that sets up the rest of the it film. Triggers yeah. It triggers Yeah. So the, the, the first beer that we enjoyed was... If you're still breathing. The Black Knight always triumphs! Which is a double dry hopped Imperial Hazy IPA from Android Theory, which is out of Perceville, Virginia. 
I've been there. It's a long ways from home. Uh, yeah, this is it was pretty close to where we, I lived. We, Actually, I haven't been to that brewery, but I've been to a couple of restaurants in Percival. Pretty good. Pretty they, good area. Not nice. a lot happening. A lot they can land. see your house from there. <laughs> so, uh, Dan, <laughs> let's let's break out double dry hopped. Double dry hopped Imperial Hazy IPA. Double dry Imperial Hazy so IPA. This was there's re- a lot in. There's a lot, a lot of words happening. Ah. All right, all right. A lot of words. So this is like the fifth iteration of this exact beer using different hops. Okay. This is known as Ghost 1352. So they have different variations, and they all call them Ghost for some reason because you drink it, it's gone. It's it's imaginary. Oh, so not Ghost, uh, the Ghost. Ghost. Okay. Virginia's haunted as hell, guys. This yeah, is all a, those civil war this is, Yeah, dude, so, it's scary. So this is... Why do you think I moved? Rebrewed of a hazy at a higher gravity. Uh, it's a creamy kind of palate coating. The texture is semi-sweet body, mild bitterness on the finish, which mm-hmm. which is very true. Mangoes, tropical fruit, and a little bit of... I got strawberries on it. Like, it had a fruity... I was getting more grapefruit, like what Aaron's saying, yeah. but I didn't get any tongue coating, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, at least not that I noticed. When, when I tasted... The dear listener, when I tasted this, I was like, oh, there's Mango, grapefruit. Guava, and yeah. there's more grapefruit. And there's more grapefruit. Like, and fruit grape. And then fruit grape. Uh, yeah. P- pine and there was, but there, there was more complexity than that. Certainly, there there was. Uh, so this is a ten point five percent. This is an imperial, which is anything over eight percent. So Dan, so to say, like imperial describes the, the ABV. alcohol, the ABV. The hazy describes it's not filtered. Correct. Or, okay, and then uh, double, double dry, double dry hopped, hopped means they're they adding more hop hops. flavor after it's been brewed. Hot pellet upon hot pellet upon hot pellet. So this is dry hopped with citra. So I'm going to spell this M-O-U-T-E-R-E. Mutter? Mutter. Mutter. They will taunt you a second time. And and Nelson (laughs) Salvin. All the, the citrus is going to give you a little bit of the pine, the Mutter, which I don't know much about. But the Nelson Salvin, those are all, I'm assuming, floral, citrus-based. The floral is what I got more of than not. So Mm -hmm. it's not a traditional East Coast hazy juice bomb. Because it doesn't just hit you upside the head with pineapple or something. Yeah, it, wasn't it was actually that. very rounded and nice. There, it was balanced. It was certainly balanced, but there was a lot of hop going on. Yeah, yeah. It, for for ten point five percent beer, it did not taste like ten point five. Yeah, I yet. didn't think it was. It was, it be was a little bitter. It was the most bitter thing we had tonight. I would say, not I un- but it what well, it didn't hit me over the head. Not unlike the, it was. It was the drinkable. kings whose son didn't want to get married. Not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. <laughs> don't sing. Don't you sing. It. Don't you start. Make sure he doesn't leave. He'll all right. We won't why. leave he'll unless someone else comes up. He'll no. No. Yes. All right. Now we're going into bits that if you haven't seen the movie, even uh, if you have, they're so obscure, you won't remember obscure. them. Then a couple of scenes and or parts later, yeah. they, they, Scene they, travel, they travel upon <laughs> a castle that has French people. Fart in your general direction. What do you think? It's I have this French outrageous accent. Outrageous accent. Again, we were down at a wonderful bottle shop, and I was looking for French beer and or cider or anything. And that's so. The funny thing is, Blake is teasing me because yep. he has no. Blake's gonna make me break. <laughs> I broke somebody. I'm happy. So when they're in the castle scene, the French guard has his hands like like the like, way the gauntlets sit. Sharp. The the gauntlets go way up, so his hands look like they're floppy. Like yes. it's again, it's, it's like also making fun. If you imagine like you're hopping around like you're a rabbit, and yeah. the, way a that dog. <laughs> the way your hands are when yes. you flop around yeah. like that, yeah. like you you've got them like pointed downwards right in front of you. But while those were very silly, this was pretty tasty. This is extra vest by Galia Sauvages, and this is a Vier. So Vier yeah. is a style of beer that is brewed with grapes 
uh, Gutsdomina mm-hmm. grapes from the Alsace region of France mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as part of the sugar content. It also has basic malt in it for the foundation of the beer to accentuate not just the grape. Because if you did it with just grapes, it would just be hoppy grape juice. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but yes. like yeah. hoppy, hoppy grape, grape juice, not hoppy a bad grape thing. Hoppy is not as good as what this is. So, so this was great, great album. <laughs> uh, again, we did not think it tasted like a 9.4% beer, no. but it definitely is a 9.4%. Yeah. Punch is above its weight. Is that why I'm, is way is that why I'm so vocal and, and in your face? <laughs> yeah, that's why we're all a little disorganized uh, uh, for the recording yes. here. So we also tried five different drinks for this I thought we drank three. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, it was only three, three, my lord. <laughs> only three, my lord. So, so Dan, uh, jasmine, grapes. roses, and geraniums. So the the wine. So, so Gewürztraminer is a wine grape. It's yes. it's typically grown in Alsace or parts of Germany. In okay. the German, okay. it actually means spicy grape. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, and so I'm not a German expert, but that's what I understand from all my yes my drinking, <laughs> and so. <laughs> But this is really interesting. I didn't even know there was a category that used wine grapes as the basis of going and making an ale. So yes. to me, this was fascinating. Yeah. And like it tasted really, really interesting. It was good. Yeah. It, it so, was very good. And I was yeah. I was happy to have a new experience in beer. It, it was it was really similar to cider. That's all and I'm gonna is, say. Yeah. It, it had so, a cider approach to the mouthfeel. It was very bubbly. Uh came in a clear. But it, um, it wasn't as sweet as the bottle. cider we had earlier. Correct. Yeah. For sure. It's very Relatively dry. dry, yeah. So this has a Belgian-style yeast. So that's where it's going to dry out and give you, again, it's more going to accentuate the fruitiness. I didn't get any fun. The, all right. The aroma, funky as heck. Smelled yeah. almost yeah. like garbage. Or like like cheese, like really wow. intense Really French funky cheese. cheese. But then you taste it, and the palate was just like this medium-bodied, but... Also very carbonated, danced on the tongue a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it was like grapes, tartness, and a little bit of bitterness on the back. But it really had this really interesting blend of what you would consider a lighter beer with uh-huh. grapes that you would normally have in a white wine, a nice spritzer wine. So I, I'm i very surprised and very, very, very happy that I selected this for us to try. Indeed. Because it was just a different experience. And I think okay. it went really well with the part of the film that we were in when I poured it. I was like, oh, it's a French, and it's a French wine. The, the, the French talking about how your mother was a hamster, your dad smelt of with elderberries. elderberries. Like, yeah. and, 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 like, so this, uh, th- there are some... Uh, castle. Uh, I, think, I think this was the funky smell uh, one. Yeah, this was the funky smell one. So it, I was uh, just going to say, there's a typo on the label. Yeah, well, it's a French label. What do you expect? Oh. So, <laughs> wow. Oh. Sorry, French listeners. If, Smackdown. If, sorry if my one extended family member <laughs> listens to this. Wow. wow. Well, she's Swiss, That's but she speaks French. But it's okay, though. So We love the Swiss. The name, yeah. of, the name of the beer. Very private banking system. This. Uh, so we only did four. So yeah, we only did we did four. Um yes, this one it, it did have a smell that like honestly if somebody had like just invented this for the first time and they're like, Do I want to put this in my body or not? Probably that smell not. would have dissuaded most people, and I appreciate the courage <laughs> that the first person had to say, like, no, that maybe this will be, taste good after all, because the smell is funky. But and once you have it, it yes. once you have it, it works and you, it makes sense you get and it past, tastes good. You get past that smell really quickly because right. it doesn't linger on the palate once you taste it. Yeah. yeah. It opens up. If you've ever had Gewürztraminer, we know that that's a light white grape 
that can be troken or not. And so troken meaning dry or Thank semi-dry you, or, or not dry. Uh, dry or semi-dry. Sweet, semi-dry, usually, sweet. Yeah. So Alsace region of France makes uh, this kind of wine as well. A little bit. Typically German, German next to Sometimes you'll find it from places like South Africa. M- yeah. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll grow it in like the cold parts of Australia, Tasmania. Yeah. But really Germany... Uh, the Rhone River Valley, like that's uh, Germany's like the famous, uh, f- the famous uh, region for Gewürztraminer. For a long time, Chardonnay was the real sexy wine that everybody wanted to drink, and Gewürztraminer was cheap by comparison. You could get a really nice wine just because it was out of fashion. It sounds it sounds like, funnier than Chardonnay. It does, it does, but it's light, it's well balanced, and most of the situations where a light kind of flinty, steely Chardonnay is going to work, Gewürztraminer is going to work just as fine too. If you got that yeah. kind of meal. Uh, you could definitely use that. It can be um, have some kind of uh, sometimes a little bit of like an oily quality to it, but it's a really nice wine usually, and it usually it's like I said, it's less expensive than a lot of the the more fashionable ones are. Yes. It, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just people don't know how to say it as well as they can say, "I'd like a Chardonnay." Because Schmieder is harder to pronounce. It is. I'll so get one for something. Unless yeah. you're in a German restaurant or Indeed. a wine bar that is serving it and does not have the and other. Then, and then there's not the language barrier. Correct. That's yeah, when you just yeah. point to the menu and say, this, please. Like yes. I do in every Chinese restaurant I've ever been to. I'll have what she's having. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, you will. Where's All right. she's, eat- so, she's eating with Billy Crystal. I want what she's eating. So one of the, the next to last groups or scenes was... The wonderful troop of Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. Knights of the Round Table. His niggets approached a cave. Don't love that we're saying that word the way we were saying it. Oh, geez. Yeah, but niggets. I know what you're doing. I know what we're saying. That's what the French said. Yeah. It's all the French. Didn't like how the French said it either. (laughs) So, yeah, dear listener, the UK and the French don't have the uh, difficult racial history of the United States. No. They have a different one, but Australians could also say the C word and it sounds cute. So, yeah, they call call their best (sighs) friends that. And it's like, it's a good old Anglo-Saxon word from a long time ago Uh that is real offensive everywhere else. Anyhow, yes. Dan is going to say something useful. <laughs> All right, so about we, our final beer. Our final sure. the, the last beer that we had was in conjunction with the Holy Delightful. Hand Grenade of Antioch. Behold the cave of Carbanol. Because there's a killer bunny rabbit out there, and the beer that we had has a, a beautiful killer bunny rabbit on the label <laughs> that looks vegetables. just like the bunny rabbit in. <gasps> oh my the god! Film. There it is. And it's called Charmed Life. Did you really not and see it? This is a bit. <laughs> no, I really didn't see it. <laughs> really. So this is a Irish style red ale from Block Fifteen, which is down. So Columbus. you know, I love it. So five percent ABV. It's low bitterness, mm. big on flavor. Yum yum yum. Uh, really malty on the front. The nose just smells like caramel. It, it has actually. A, Dan, is there any left? Uh, there were four cans, and ah, I think we drank them all. That's oh, well. why I moved over I, to I something do, else. I do, if you want me to pour out nah, some. Uh, I'll live, okay. I'll live. Right. I appreciate so, it. So the, the best descriptions that I found of this using words that have more than one syllable was robust, chestnut, grassy, hop, tiny, sweet, on the back end, when the hop squinches. Squinches. Squinch. I haven't heard the word squinch in a while. It squinches the tongue. So there is a little bit of sharp dryness on the back. With yeah. this, which is appropriate for this style of an Irish style ale. Yeah. It's red. It has a nice kind of off-white, foamy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it stuck around a little bit because some of us, we, we most of the beers and alcohol that we drank tonight and water was poured into a glass because I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit. Well, I poured this into a glass also, and I yes. loved it. 
It looked very appropriate. It was kind of a darker red color, and it looked really nice. This was the lowest ABV of any of the ones we had. This is clocking yes. in at only 5%, yes. um, which low on bitterness but big on flavor. This medium-bodied red ale offers a pleasant multi-nose with a subtle caramel flavor that balances with a clean finish. What a charmed life indeed. Yes, so charmed life is the name of the beer. Block 15, thank you for making mm-hmm. good beer because we've done yeah, a few episodes with their beers mm-hmm. and yeah. they've been around a long time and they yeah. do some really interesting stuff. If you I, want, uh, yeah. true, true believers in the mm-hmm. uh, uh, comic book style of Marvel Comics where Stan Lee pops up, listen to episode like, what, 20, 30, where we talk about the ones that we worked with them on. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, Block 15, I know I've had other beers by them that they've brewed. And, like, I've, I've always been happy with it. They, it's a high-quality outfit. Yeah. They do good work. Uh, I, I don't think there's ever been a Block 15 beer that I've, I've not not enjoyed. Uh, I like red ale to begin with. You know, so this Same. Irish red, it's it's something that I kind of like uh, to, to begin with. And this is a really good example of one. A Scottish or Irish, it doesn't matter. It's all in that part of the country. So, Brian, you're not big on hops. How do you feel about malty stuff? I like malty stuff. Yeah, that's what we get along. Uh, uh, of the four we tried tonight, Charmed Life was my favorite. I'm with you but, there. But only slightly. I really enjoyed the uh, veer. The veer. Veer. Aaron can say it. What would be called a grape ale. The grape ale that extraversed my Galia Sauvage. Yes. Yeah, I really was... enjoyed the experience of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, was very, I, it was distinctive. It was distinctive. It was yeah. distinctive. It was interesting. Uh, my background is Alsatian, so I enjoyed a, huh. a, a beer from my, my home nice country. Cool. Um, I enjoyed the other two things we had also. I mean, yeah. we, we know I like ciders. The, yeah. the triple hopped, dry, triple dry hopped. Yes, ale, right? It's it's big and giant, but it, it was big scary. and giant. But it was it was better than expected. Expected better than a normal IPA. Yeah, no, I, I was expecting it to be gigantic and huge, but it's like, oh, it's really high in alcohol, so it's really sweet. It had the sweetness yeah. kind of pushes back a little bit. And and Blake is reading it, this. It went down. It they all went down pretty easy. I was gonna say, the, all of these were nice beers. All of these were nice beers. I think each of them had matched a different element of Monty Python in a different way. Correct. They're all beers that you could enjoy this movie with. Um, I mean, the episodic nature and shifting gears so much. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably could be Worked like us and drink the three sketch comedy three slash five beers yeah. if you can't count. <laughs> uh, you know, through, almost through five. Yeah, but no, they, they all. I think they all worked with the film. Uh, I mean, I, I've got my favorite too. The uh, the extra Wiener was so distinctive and so different from anything I've had, and like, yeah, that that funky, funky nose leading into something unexpected on the palate when you drink it. Mm-hmm. That was and watch out for pleasant. that rabbit being launched at you over the castle wall. <laughs> Boy, that or, or, the, or the duck. Prepare the, the duck. The one yeah. live duck. All right. <laughs> he actually called it Vosh, which is a French word for duck. Army cow, cow. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, he did. And uh, we all know, you know, ducks float on water. And they ducks, just, ducks just like ma- witches. And, and witches wood. are made of wood. And if, so, And if they both float in one way more than the other, then it's not a witch. So... That woman was a witch, right? Like when she yeah, weighed, was, she's like, ah yeah. oh, man. Yeah, no, it, it turned out. Yeah, it turned out she weighed <laughs> so the same as a duck, funny. and so it happened to be correct. As a what a great bit! As one of the only women with a speaking role in this entire movie, one of the two. Yeah. Well, no, I guess Zot. No, yeah. in Castle Anthrax, yeah. there yeah. are Castle, many. There's, there so are so like, many. We couldn't do the math to figure out how many. And you must spank us. 
Yes, and then spank all of us. <laughs> because that's what they do. That's the punishment. That's yeah, I mean, the they messed up. Right. Messed up. So, so we were really, really trying to make an effort to hydrate while we watched this because these but, were but higher alcohol. We were trying, but we can handle a little peril. We can handle a little peril and a little <laughs> anthra- castle anthrax. Uh, Sir Aaron, the, the cowardly. <laughs> <laughs> brave, brave, brave Sir brave, Aaron. Brave, brave Sir Robin. Yes. <laughs> so if you enjoy some musical bits, go check out the film at some point. Go check out, if you like musicals on the theater, Spamalot in Vegas. Really good. I think it's still playing. I know it shut down during COVID, but I think it's back on. I, I saw it a, this, lot, a number of years it, ago. It's the really same level bad. as a uh, Book of Mormon, where like people just like, everyone seems to agree this is an incredible musical. Yeah, but it's really well done. But is, I, I can't speak for Spam a lot, but for for Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like absurdist call, uh, comedy, absurdist comedy done really really well. It does hold up from 1975. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to tell you going into this movie to see it again, I was actually a little disappointed to be like, oh, we're watching this? Because I've seen it, you know, several times already. Yeah. I uh, My initial thought was like, this film can be somewhat overrated because I know so many people in like the nerd gamer community that I'm connected to, they rate this as like 10 out of 10. They quote the movie constantly. It's always coming up. There's references to it so frequently. And, and you know, and my recollection is like, it's a good movie, but it's not 10 out of 10. And watching it again tonight, I enjoyed it more than I had expected yeah. to. But by yourself, I would say it's mildly entertaining. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. With a group of friends, especially friends who have seen it before. Yeah. It's a very fun movie. And it's yeah. it's well worth seeing with friends. Indeed. And and if you've got yeah. the right beers to match, it that, that elevates it yeah. to just that next level. Or, or cider or beer that's made with grapes right. or whatever you can find that's kind of interesting. It's a light drinking movie. You don't want to just pound them away as, as some people do. I and again, I we I wanted to really make sure that it was like, all right, we're we're gonna do a bunch of water in between each of these beers because these are bigger beers and we split them. We did not do a single can each except for the last one. And it was like And that was plenty. Wanted to and it was. And I'm glad that we had this opportunity to share a wonderful comedic film that we haven't done in a while. We haven't done anything super funny. And this was pretty damn funny. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a minute, yeah. Was National so. Treasure a comedy? Not <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> okay. It was not. So, I don't know. You guys have any final thoughts? I'd say uh, stay sober so you could see the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> was Shaun the Dead the last comedy we did? That's my thought. I think so. I think that's true. That Zombie rom com. time ago. Yeah. All right. So, as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this recording are those of the hosts. And, again, hydrate, 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 because... If you don't. And then put in like five minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the screen blinking, blinking yeah, yeah. different <laughs> colors of black for the last credit scene. Yeah. Like like room tone of just like crackle sound. Like, is he about to talk? Or? What's going yeah. on? What's going on? Uh, let me think. I don't know. If you do not hydrate, you will die director. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the French would say that. And, you know, as always, thanks for listening and hanging out. We really appreciate your ability to listen to us for a little bit because we can get kind of annoying sometimes, but you know what? I, I well, love having annoying, this opportunity to share never, the love, never. share the love and spread the it's love. Like, it's like about me, Aaron. And, <laughs> oh, you're fine. It's all good. So this is Dan, you know, thanks for listening and we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. This is Aaron. Thank you for listening, listening and uh, good luck on your grail quest, whatever it might be. This is Blake. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening. You English dogs. Big dogs. Big dogs. Big dogs. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>